Breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Glitter Boys. Welcome back, dear listeners and fans of Palladium Products. We are finally getting to one that a lot of people have requested that we talk about. And it was a game that I missed out on when it launched because there was, you know, again, Palladium's been kind of an off and on thing for me. I've gone through my gaming phases. I always go away and then I always come back. And during one of my absences from playing a lot of Palladium, they released this zombie game called Dead Rain, which we both just reread. Read or and or reread, and uh, we've got thoughts. Now, this one was very, very interesting to me. It's it's a lot different than their typical, okay, so this is the world ending. Like, Palladium, as we've stated many times before, loves their apocalypse. It's, it's never business as normal shopping simulator with Palladium. <laughs> this was actually really well thought out, and it's made me think, because this is pre the entire... Uh, zombie popularity of the last decade, how much was actually drawn from here for things like Left for Dead, for things like The Walking Dead? Um, there's a lot of different things here that I've seen in the various media that's come afterwards. I'm not sure if these are commonalities that originated elsewhere or it's just like these are the things people think about when they think about zombies. But some of it is almost prescient. Zombies were hugely popular at that time and leading up to it. I remember it was, I want to say 2004 when Zack Snyder released his remake of Dawn of the Dead with uh, Mm -hmm. Sarah Polly and Ving Rhames and some other people. Yeah, I fucking love that movie. And uh, (laughs) so that movie and of course many others instilled into me at that time a love of zombie games. Now I know that the big one has always been and was definitely at that time a game called all flesh must be eaten. I, I, I was never really into the mechanics of all flesh must mm-hmm. be eaten, but I did like the concept of it, you know, a zombie apocalypse and a yeah. bunch of source books on how to take that zombie apocalypse into different directions. Well, dead rain kind of does this too. I actually released a zombie game of my own around the same time called cannibal. Contagion. Would that be this game? <laughs> yes. I actually flipped through it this morning <laughs> just to see if there were similarities too. Yeah. Did this come out at the same time? Um, what is, yeah, what does the publication date say on the inside of that book? Uh, well, uh, 2010. Oh, 2010. So two years so later. Two years later. And that's when I the second, that that's the second printing. Okay. First printing, I think was 2008 or 2009. Uh, so yeah, like yeah. almost cause this one is 2008. For some reason, I I just felt that zombies were more like I, I felt that it started in 2010 where it, it just really hit everywhere. They come in but waves. But I suppose that's not true. Yeah. Like the zombie walk in Portland has been going for a very long time. And, very long time. Yeah, I mean, okay. we've, we've had zombies since George Romero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> or maybe I'm just letting decades slip away because I'm getting freaking old. <laughs> no, that's you are. I am 100% guilty of that same thing. Uh, we actually, I record another show with another group of people, and we recently released, uh, oh, edited. I just edited an episode that we just recorded about how to drink when you're getting old. <laughs> We've had a lot of talks recently about how to do X when you're old. 
You know, I've I've actually stopped. <laughs> I just gave up the ghost. <laughs> You've just what given up being old or just accepted no, it? Uh, oh, drinking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like uh, there, there's 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 no self help. I'm I'm unwilling to face any kind of hangover these days. Yeah, it's. <sighs> If you want to hear more about that, check out the other podcast, Bikers, Dice, and Bars, where we are soon to be releasing an episode about how not to drink like an asshole when you're old, and the follow-up episode, <laughs> how to deal with a hangover when you drink like an asshole when you're old. <laughs> I don't know if it's just me, but I'm getting a lot of fuzz from your voice. Uh, it, might, it might be my setup. I, I, well, um, I think it might be yours, but let's go ahead and hold on. I'm going to click, click, but yeah, zombies. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, everybody knows zombies, zombie, the zombie craze. Again, it comes in waves. We have eras of zombies. We have themes of zombies. Everybody remembers the 28 days later, fast zombies that pissed everybody off because mm-hmm. they moved too fast and We've got, you know, the the brain-eating zombies. We've got the the voodoo zombies. And this, we've just got classic fucking zombies. Yeah. Though a few forms, and some of the forms we should definitely touch on later in this episode. I think one has, like, some real possibility. So, Palladium style, they start off with what this apocalypse is. And possible causes. And also, in typical Unleash Your Imagination, they don't exactly tell you what caused it there there are many things that it could be but nothing is ever definitively said what i really like about that is that it lets the gm do what they want with it so you can use this instead of uh instead of what palladium books often do is give you specific setting details you can use this book as a template in mm-hmm. which can fit anywhere like i know that they're from uh, Michigan. So a lot of the fiction does mention things that are happening in and around Detroit, but it doesn't limit everything there. You know, it, it's not just like maps of Detroit and factions of Detroit. It's it's general concepts of what mm-hmm. would happen in a zombie apocalypse America. It doesn't even have dates. It is the no, one. No, it doesn't, does it? It doesn't. It is the probably, I think, the only Palladium apocalypse I've seen now that does not that date doesn't itself. have us excellent yeah i didn't even catch that yeah uh it it, it gives you five options and it could be any <laughs> that's no clarification or it could be and interestingly enough all of these five options are increasingly different and it has one unique one which i really like like there's typical zombie apocalypse it was a rogue lab a government experiment gone wrong, act of God. Um, all of those are fairly classic tropes, but there's one that I really like, and that's death cults and dark <laughs> magic. Now, it gets into this later in the book, and it's it's not something that it starts right now, but... I do like that last line of it, with the death cult, death cult spit. Yeah. Oh, and, the, and these sons of bitches? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if such a thing is even possible, but I've seen some pretty weird stuff since the wave. Especially when it comes to cults. If they are responsible for the wave and the zombie apocalypse, then these sons of bitches are evil and need killing. <laughs> I love it. I, I love like it. the nar- the narration voice in this. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Ash Ashley something or other. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's a nod to Evil Dead, but... Probably. <laughs> the death cult is, is a hidden cult from the time where we fir- first pushed grass seeds 
into uh, a row uh, at the confluence of two valleys in Iraq. It's 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 something that has apparently been around this entire time, maybe worshiping a forgotten god, bringing it back into power. I really like that, and that's a very unique take on on zombies. Like there's there's things like evil books from like the medieval ages, Necronomicon stuff, but this makes it a fundamental part of human evolution is the worship of death. And I really like that as a possible cause. Kalima, Kalima. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one. In classic Palladium Apocalypse style, it tells you a whole lot about what's going on without giving you a lot of specific details. So there's a whole lot of imaginative fodder here. There's seeds that you can use for stories. There's this intense first visual your uh, mm-hmm. first person perspective of what it would be like for you to become a zombie and start eating your friends and family and it gets really brutal it yeah. does a really good job of setting the theme of helplessness hopelessness and loss a lot of uh, the introductory stuff because we read a lot of palladium books in order to do the show and a lot of the stuff i i speed read through but this this one was very atmospheric. I mean, like if this was mood lighting, like Palladium would be getting laid. I'd be putting out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really evocative writing and it, it really takes you there. Now you combine that with the amazing art in this, just, just really, really dark, terrifying art. I have mixed feelings on it. It gives, at Do times you? it's terrifying and other times it feels kind of rat fink. Like, okay, for example. Uh, yeah, there, there yeah. are a couple artists, different artists in this, but um, I'm not rolling up to so the credits there's, here. There's this picture on page 18 that I really like. It reminds me of scary stories to tell in the dark, right? Mm-hmm. But then we have the picture on page 22. The Brad, It's the Bradshaw stuff. I've got, uh-huh. oh, oh God, page 25. Look at page 25. The, zomb- the picture for the zombie moan. Yeah. I, I, I just, uh, <laughs> that. It's rat thing kind of stuff. It's, it's not magic. Yeah, it, it, it's his punky zombie. For those yeah. of you who haven't heard that episode, but you know the page, bef- <laughs> the page before that. I mean, twenty four. Yep. Great the picture. mother and the kid hiding from the zombies, or um, I mean, some of it is obviously just like uh, shock gore. Like, look, it, it's got guts and it's mad. Its guts are hanging out. But you get to like page eighteen, and there's this like really dark, broody piece of art there. Where it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not ninja leaping. There's no obvious, you know, trauma in, in the scene, but it's, it's fucking creepy and it's really good. The Muma art is really good too. Uh, page 16. Mm-hmm. I'm the how much you, out of how much you want to <laughs> bet one or more of those people are palladium staff. <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i wonder how many people uh that there's a lot knew. of distinct looks in those zombies so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I could see that also that would make a great coloring book like uh oh like yeah that, his line work coloring is, book uh line yeah. work yeah yeah he i think uh i think he just did a kickstarter that i was backed up called uh, a new role-playing game called heckin good doggos <laughs> oh i've heard about that one yeah <laughs> yeah i think that was muma Okay, anyway, lots of details on zombies. Yeah, and lots of timeline stuff. uh, And lots of setting. This this is one of the things I I really like about this setting. Is One of the things it constantly stresses is the need not to just roll in and start killing as a superhuman hero. 
This is, this is be very careful. Count your exits, make more exits, prep, plan, be prepared to heartlessly sacrifice to save yourself. Yep. I mean, this is, this is a, a very much a departure from the typical trope. Um, and what I, one of the things I love about Palladium is they, they started not with a and d clone. They started with fucking mechanoids, a huge <laughs> departure from the typical trope. And they've always been so good at that. And another thing that I really like about this particular take on zombies is it is a zombie fiction aware setting. It opens up with the narrating character referencing zombie movies. The characters, uh-huh. the people of this world live in a world where zombies actually were in fiction. And one thing that really annoys me about a lot of modern zombie fiction is it's written as if zombie movies never happened. (laughs) So it's as if all of these people live in a world where no one's ever heard of this concept ever, which is why I like Mm -hmm. the movie Zombieland, even though it's a comedy. Zombieland, it had characters that were like, I've seen this in a video game. I know what to do. (laughs) This This is a setting where... The characters are aware of what's happening, and therefore they have a lot of lore on the situation. They're not like, yeah. "Oh no, is it a just a what crazy homeless to man?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, in in a lot of this, zombies are like a lot of other Palladium undead. They uh, they actually have a lot of similarities to vampires, being PPE avores. Uh, it's it's they chose not to go with brains. They chose not to go with with flesh. They're actually sucking your life force. And I really I see this this cinematically because it's well written. It's a well written book. Like if this was a movie, it would switch to the zombies perspective quite often because humans glow with light, with life. And that's what the zombie sensing. Even if you have no eyes, the zombie sense sees you. I, I really like that. And like in in my own personal headcanon, while while watching the story, I'm switching back and forth between character views and zombie views where they're hiding behind a table. But there is a glowing foot glowing with delicious life force <laughs> sticking out. And I mean, it's just it, there, there's some really interesting, unique ideas here. Agreed. I, I like that. Uh... One thing that it goes through here when it's talking about all the ways that zombies can kill you and it's talking about all the ways to, to, um, you know, avoid them. It's also telling you that there are other threats in the world besides zombies that are as deadly, if not more like those being, you know, wild animals that are now free Mm -hmm. packs of feral dogs, uh, looters, robbers, thieves. And the death cults. So, yeah. in addition to these intricately designed zombie rules, you have the good old staples of an apocalypse that are out there that you mm-hmm. have to deal with. And your characters here are not mega damage heroes. You are no. you are your average Joes, some of which have stepped into some uh, survivalist roles. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you might have some basic body armor. Not really going to do you much good when you're overwhelmed by a pack of zombies, but you're still going to need that kind of stuff when dealing with some of the other threats. Even threats as small as a low level that we would think of in other games as, oh, which is a pack of wild dogs, <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. Here it's, you know, that total party kill, man. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're, you're SDC. This is not an MDC setting, though it does have uh, ports 
like most Palladium games. Um, yeah, there's there's the retro savages, or as we like to call them, the fucking Amish. These guys are an, an, an insulated community that believes God is punishing humanity through zombies. And only clean living and raising of barns and that kind of thing it will will bring will save humanity. They think the zombies are a are a are an expression of uh, God's contempt for what humanity had become in its technological society. However, they take it way further than the Amish. There's no shunning, but they will knock you out and tie you to a car bumper and leave you for the zombies, which have been trained to come there because there's often food there. So. Sorry, Amish. I, I guess you're probably not listening to a podcast. Though, I, I so guess we I, lost I, the I feel Amish. Safe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel safe in this. Then we have the death cults that we've mentioned several times. We have pages and pages mm. and pages focusing on these guys, on them as character classes, you know, the OCC mm. and PC villain class. We've got the secrets of the death cults. We've got different ways to implement death cults in your game. We've got variants in the death cult leader that you can, in classic Palladium style, randomly roll. <gasps> And sorry, tangent. This game has so many random roll tables. I love oh, yeah, random great. roll tables so much. Uh, it's wonderful. There's so many. And the death cult itself is a very interesting foil to the party because on the surface, the death cult is helping survivors and they are in a very true and real way. What their eventual goal is, is of course, you know, power. They're, they're, they're evil, but as as a foil to the characters, this is like on on the level of Empire and Star Wars. This is a coalition state. This is, I mean, this is this is the big one. In at least in my reading, if I was running this game, that would be the long term plays <laughs> w- would be made through them. Yeah, you know, hey, don't worry. There's there's a free state growing. They're they're a little religious and weird, but they take care of their people. Everyone's well fed. Everyone's protected. I hear they even have zombies under their control. You know, I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff that can be used for like long term betrayals and oh, so good. I, I like I would I would really like to actually run one of these just to mess with people because there's so many ways to mess with people in this yeah. game. There's a lot of mind fuckery. Yes, you're 100 percent right. I don't really have much to add on that. I think you said it very well. This is a game that throws you know physical threats at you, but there's also informational threats and um you know thematic threats and you know mm-hmm. the world as far as you know right now the world is turned against you and it uh, there's dangers from all sides and yes it's a zombie game but see death cults and you know yeah rampaging zealots and uh, you know murderous amish Te- and packs of bikers and, <laughs> and and the terror cults themselves are actually one of my favorites because that's something i could see like does happen it happens in our world now where people provide some sort of strongman safety and then just ruthlessly oppress those under them. Uh, that That's another thing that's listed in the other things that can kill you in this world. Yeah. I, I thought that was a very real, and they, they, they pulled no punches about what, and like went far beyond the general description of evil in a, in a video game. Some of it was actually hard to read a video game, excuse me, in a, in a role-playing game. And like, yeah, like some of this is, is really visceral. Like beyond the point of, okay, it's escapist fantasy time, boys and girls. Some of it's freaking brutal. Palladium's always so freaking metal. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of brutal, we kind of skipped over something here. The zombies yeah. themselves, a little bit stepping a few pages back and looking back at the zombies. 
again, this gives you options. So you don't just have the Romero zombies or the slouchers, mm-hmm. as they're called here. You know, there are obviously a lot of slouchers in the world. I think it looks at them at like 70 mm-hmm. something, 74% of the zombies yeah. that you might encounter going to be slouchers. But then you have, you know, the crawling zombies, which are basically like, you know, zombies. an arm that's got chopped off of another zombie that's still alive and out to get you or, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, half zombies. By half zombies, we don't mean like half person, half zombies. We mean like literally half of a zombie. <laughs> yeah, like uh, if if you cut off the torso, the, the arms and legs and head is still going to run around. And here's the thing that they go into all the time in this game. The power is out. There are shadows everywhere. And when zombies are not actively hunting humans through the through uh, either scent or being called by the zombie groan. They just, they just find a quiet place, hunker down in the shadows and wait. And they can wait for a very long time. Yeah. There is a great simile, uh, a great example in this book that says, you know how they say you're never more than six feet away from a spider (laughs) at any given time. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that you are never, ever far away from a zombie. So like when you, when you go into the city to forage or scavenge, which is one of the main things in this book, because in order to continue to survive, you need stuff. Stuff is not found in a desert. You go to a city and cities are just these traps. Oh, it's so good. And then we get the fast attack zombies. So, you know, you're sneaking around in a city and you fail to look in that shadow and uh, suddenly the shadow comes alive and bursts at you with crazy inhuman mm-hmm. speed. There you've got the 28 days later zombie. Then you've got the flesh eating zombies, which are basically zombies that just have to eat you. And mm-hmm. not that much different from the shamblers, but they have more mobility. Uh, the thinkers can use tools. The uh, mock and zombies. control other zombies to a certain limited degree. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes them scary. They can adv- they can evolve tactics other than just shambling at you. Mm-hmm. Now, zombies in this game have a tactic that's oft repeated called the convergence, and it's based around the moan. Basically, you have a certain amount of time, thirty seconds, I believe it is, or two two melee ra- uh, two combat rounds, to silence that initial groan of a zombie before the other zombies, and there are other zombies around begin to relay that they're like huskies yeah but b- before <laughs> if you can if you can kill whatever's making that noise fast you have a chance to run and a lot of this book isn't about making a, a, a fortress and making your stand it's about running mm-hmm. and how to successfully run we've got a bunch of others here it basically you, if you could think of it there's variations on zombies and then we got zombies in other books and supplements that came out we don't really need to go through the whole list here, but there are, again, options. There is one I want to mention. The mock zombie is, is one I want to get into. Oh, the one that doesn't believe it's a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. Now, talk to go back to mind fucking. This is, can be a normal looking human. Battered, cold. For some reason, he's wearing gloves in August. Uh, so, you know, when you shake his hands, you don't, you don't, you don't feel the, the coldness of death upon him. But inside of it is a serial killing zombie, but the zombie feels guilty about it. It has deluded itself into thinking it's human. It still has its skills. It can still talk. Oh, you can mess with people with this. Yeah. This, Again, this is messing with them. Beautiful. And, and you, can, you can mess with right and wrong. Of course, we're here to help you. 
Uh, yes, of, of course. No, come with us. You'll be safe. Oh, yes, says the zombie. Mmm, delicious. And then it goes into <laughs> likelihoods of how likely it is and who he'd want to pick out of the party to devour quietly and how he will get away with it. I mean, this is this is a really fun zombie. I really liked it. And it's to the best of my knowledge, like there, there's undead that will do similar things, but to the best of my knowledge, this is the only place where this type of zombie exists. I don't think I've seen it in other games that I've that I've read of the zombie yeah. theme. Or or even like movies or anything. Like this is this is a new class of zombie. It's it's very vampiric. I'm fighting against this thing inside of me, this monster that makes me kill. But well, it's not under zombie. It hasn't I don't think it's been done. I, I've seen it in fiction. Uh, there's a, specifically a book called Monster Island, the which one of the books uh, that I was reading when I was getting prepped to finish Cannibal Contagion. Monster Island is a zombie fiction, and one of the main perspective characters is someone who turned himself into a zombie intentionally through it during the apocalypse so that he wouldn't become a mindless zombie. He was like, I'm going to die soon. So he managed to kill himself in a way that he came back as a zombie, but he was aware Mm-hmm. And uh, he he kind of does this this thing and becomes a villain, and it's pretty cool. Sorry, I just spoiled the book. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Like we said, 2008. Yeah. Um, it, beyond that, we've got a lot of different character classes. You've got your standard survival game kind of mix. They have some cool abilities. Yeah. somebody got dogs. Somebody's got a motorcycle. And then you've got, uh, you know, the standard, the generic survivor class that can be one of like a hundred different options. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's yeah. There, there's even like uh, soldiers and uh, yeah. like resistance fighters. Like it, it, it is fairly standard. Most of the differences in this game are atmospheric. Yeah. There's a couple, and I think we're probably going to talk about them. There's a, there's a couple rules different, but nothing, nothing really, really different. What this is, is, is is a great world book. It's it's a great description. It's what Palladium does best. It Palladium will take you to a place and then give you all the details and most importantly, all the mood you need. The section that I am somewhat iffy on of this, uh, the one thing that prevents me from giving this a really, really, really one hundred percent glowing review is the section on fighting zombies. It is long winded. And confusing, and it actually contradicts the rules in the back. It uses terms that are used elsewhere. I, I'm just not into it. The uh, the whole how to kill the zombie rules and whatnot, I think it's just, it goes out of a, a long way. Like, it spends almost a page describing what armor rating is when you only need a sentence or two to describe it. Armor rating, ultimately, despite this page and a half of details on how it works, Mm -hmm. it's no different from a zombie than it is for any other character. You must beat the number to hit it. That's all you had to say. I don't, I don't need 12 paragraphs telling me how armor rating works here. It's, it's a little, it's just crazy long winded here. There's nothing different about fighting a zombie except for its healing factor and the fact that you don't stagger Mm -hmm. it kind of stuff. Like, we didn't need all of this description on it that just serves to confuse it. I had to reread this section a few times before I realized that, oh, none of what they're saying here is actually different from the rules. They just chose to put it in a different section and go long-winded on it. And then then the section on called shots and targeted attacks. Yeah. Why is that even there? It makes no sense. 
because essentially the way it's written, it almost reads as if you're getting, you, you don't have to spend an extra attack to make a called shot, but in the back of the book, it does say you have to spend an extra attack to make a called shot, but then the called shot doesn't get the bonus on a zombie, but it does on everybody else. I just, it's, it's as if whoever wrote this zombie rule was working from a different edition of the Palladium rules and didn't sync up with Kevin here. It's it's possible, but I think it may have been intentional and the one in the back in the, of the book is an oversight. The reason being is because over and over again through the descriptive, the flavor text, they, they give you destroy the head. The head is a called shot in Palladium. The other thing that they go over and over and over again is the zombie's vice-like grip. Okay. Sever the arm and you get away from the zombie. So both of those are called shots. And I think what, what happened is they decided that they needed to tweak their rule. And then in, and also Palladium fashion, they said, and then just paste in all the combat at the back. And that's where you get the, the self-contradiction. Yeah. Because it's really strange. Like the, a lot of, a lot of Palladium book is, is dropped in. It's, it's cut and paste. So yeah, I, I think that's what happened. But I, I agree that they did need a special version because the characters will be doing this a lot. Called shots a lot. Um, you're not going to be blowing these guys away with a railgun. You're just not. Uh, you'll be shooting heads and you'll be chopping arms. If they're in a in a hallway, you'll be shooting knees. You you need you need this on called shots for for this specific game. So there's a rule that I saw when I was reading this that now I'm having a hard time finding because it's not in a logical place. And that Which one was it? It's the rule that players get may get extra attacks when fighting a zombie. They might. But there's no like real system on how to implement it. But it, it oh, where was it? Zombies, targeted attacks, uh, SEC and zombies, penalties. Oh man. Um see, it's it's one of the problems with uh that that still yeah. plagues a lot of Palladium books is the organization is just sadly not perfect. So where is it? For oh, we got the skills rules. Looking through those. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we have all of the zombie rules, and they're they're in the section in the front, and then we have its own special section right after that on fighting zombies. But then we have another section on fighting zombies in the back of the book that isn't the same. And yeah, here's a here's a fun thing that it says here on page 182. Humans usually have one to three more attacks per melee round than a zombie. Mm-hmm. And then it with it was plus 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 some OCCs. Here we go. Uh most means character that means most characters have one or two free shots at a zombie per melee, right? Yeah. Okay. Now I get what it's saying. I had to reread this over and over again to understand that what they were not saying was that they get humans get more attacks than are written. Even though mm-hmm. it's written that way, ultimately what it's what what I believe it's saying is that it's simply saying that humans made through the normal character creation system, following the normal character creation rules with hand-to-hand combat skills, the the amount of attacks that they are normally going to get are going to be more than a zombie. But then mm-hmm. It's just the way that it says that they have one or two free shots at a zombie. And you're like, wait, so does that mean I get more attacks? Like on top of what I have kind of stuff? I could totally see a player reading that and not yeah. understanding it. It's just, it's just, 
why? Why is it there? <laughs> why is it even written? It has this had a second edition? I don't think so. Okay. I love one thing that they did clarify, and I know you don't like this because it's it's over. It's 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 what you consider fluff, but I do like this. What? The can't the can't miss point blank attack. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a video game situation. A uh, video. God, why am I saying that today? I can't remember how many times I've been in a uh, in a game in a combat round, and I, I tend to play more stealthy, sneaky people. And you know, I, I had a matrix moment, a dodge this moment, gun to the back of the head, and they go, "Okay, roll to hit." I say, "No, I'm just going to pull the trigger." <laughs> you know, I, I like that that in, that includes it. That that that's a thing here. That's not something that's usually done. It's it's normally okay. Well, roll to hit. Now they have an opportunity to dodge, but 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 do they do they really have an opportunity to dodge? I like that one, and I like it because it it, it matches my play style. No, I I think the rule is fine. I think it's that they spend too long explaining it. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah. And okay, again with the called shot thing, page one eighty, we have the called shot rules. Standard mm-hmm. called shot is the same as was in the Rifts Ultimate Edition. It's the standard system that they've been using since two thousand five, at least. Called shot in order to hit a specific target, you just spend an extra attack to call the shot. And if you want a bonus, you spend another attack to get plus two for a total of three attacks. Standard. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then we go three pages later, 183 on melee shot. When it's talking about a called shot for zombie combat, it says a called shot is always necessary to hit a specific limb, the neck, or head. Mm-hmm. And that's all it says right there. So if, if you want. <laughs> This is the zombie combat section, but there's another zombie combat section. And it's like, what? I, I agree. <laughs> it's like, but ah. after this much reading, there's, there's a certain amount of what, of, of this kind of thing where I go, Oh, palladium. Yeah. And I just you know, kind of go with what feels best. So again, it's a nitpick. I've run and played palladium games for years. So I can figure it out on my own and suss through it. And I can, I feel that I could run the game the way it's meant to be run using the rules mm. as, as written, just, you know, piece them together in my own head. This, unfortunately, makes it a little bit less approachable to new players who are going to yeah. be confused by the way that the rules are presented. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's fair. And the honest truth is, is that I had bought hundreds of dollars in 1980s and 1990s money on Palladium <laughs> games that I, I never played uh, just because there was no one to, to play them with because no one understood because it's confusing. Yep. So much like uh if if you took out two pages out of every one and just did an exhaustive index, front or back, whichever you want, Palladium games would be on par with literally any other of, of the major role playing games. Like instead of this renaissance where all the nerds are playing five E now, um, and then going off and being stockbrokers in their normal day that like 5e is getting this widespread popularity palladium could have been there if they were just better organized yeah i i believe that because it's it's a better system it's it <laughs> it allows people to do more it's it, it's better than dnd damn it <laughs> and i i if do it like was better it. organized yeah. pe- people would have it, it would have swung that way i really think that's one of the great tragedies i think again i've said this before i would love to be given the opportunity professionally to just go through the books and cut out large chunks of text, 
reorganize them in a more presentable way without adding anything new. I don't think anything new needs to be added. I think all the materials are there. They're just often presented in a strange, unorthodox, and frequently confusing way. I think some of that's the breakneck pace that Palladium uh, works at, too. It's just, it's, it's, it's not as polished. It's, it's raw, but you get more stuff. So I don't know. It's, it's a toss up. Yeah. Oh, palladium. Um, more stuff here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. More stuff. Rules, rules. It full set of rules, all the skills and equipment and equipment. so much equipment, tons of equipment. Now the equipment section is an exception to what I was saying a minute yeah. ago. It's long winded and I think it needs to be. I love that it goes into details on all of the stuff. Because in my opinion, yes, that exactly. This is Mm -hmm. a survival game. I want stuff and I want rules on that stuff. And one thing I really like is there's a lot of new stuff here with new new art. Did you know this is one of the first games we've done where I can't tie anything back to the mechanoids (laughs) by like direct art? (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, mechanoids didn't really have any zombies. (laughs) Nope. Nope. And there's, there's no people doing anything that's that, like everything has a bit of everything that's that's palladium there's it's no all cut and pasted. Uh, there's no reskin of the punching robot nope <laughs> nope <laughs> yeah it's all new yeah and i really like that and random tables 100 random things you find on a corpse when you search it oh mm-hmm. yes yes mm-hmm. yeah oh god i'm uh, uh, excuse me i'll be back <laughs> i'll be in my bunk 101 adventure seeds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of it, but they come with new art, which I love. And this is a complete role-playing game. Yes. Yes, it is. Is it labeled as such? Uh, but it does say zombie. No. Nope. It does. No, no, uh, not a complete role-playing game. Where is it? Yep. Complete role-playing oh, game. Cover. 224 pages. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you know, this is the back of the book really does explain it all very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives tells you about the setting it tells why it's happening uh well you know why it may be happening but who knows and then it gives you a list of what you got in it you got six core classes mm-hmm. you got seven types of zombies you got you know secrets of the dead everything you need to know yeah you you might need to know more but that's up to you game masters you gotta develop that shit on your own um and random table score those three words Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful words on the back of a book. Now there were expansions to this. This wasn't a one and done for Palladium. They, uh, I think, there's like five books after this, or is there five total or something like that? I don't know the exact number, but I know there's several, and I'm pretty sure the mm-hmm. setting is going to keep going. From my understanding, it is very successful. Okay, good because it deserves yeah. to be. Whenever I've been looking online for podcasts that are doing actual play of Palladium, the vast majority of them. Are dead rain games whenever i've gone on to the online gaming tabletops like uh you know roll 20 or astral and i've searched for palladium games the vast majority of them are dead rain games so interesting it's it's, it's a popular setting system so it's it's still it's line. still one of the ones that's alive that's excellent yeah and apparently thriving we have run really long on this <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just, I actually had a bit more to say than I normally yeah. do because yeah. I really liked this book. I, I did um, too. Despite the the vehemence of my major nitpick on the organization, I've really liked this book. Yeah. I don't say that I could see myself playing things very often, but I, I could see myself not only playing this, but actually running this one. This, this would be a fun game for me to run. All right. 
Yeah. So I would, I, yeah, I, I, I might even want to revisit some of the other, uh, some of the other books in this series later on down the podcast list, because this one, this one caught me, uh, in a way that some of the others haven't. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Um, this was dead rain and we swear we're going to get you to our book club here real soon. (laughs) Real soon. (laughs) The best part is I may be releasing some episodes out of order. So whatever he said might not make sense because there's a good chance the book club episodes already happened. Who knows? It's, it's in the future. It's a mystery. Draw back the veil of time. (laughs) But what is not a mystery is the fact that uh, we thank you for listening to us. We wish that you would join us on our Discord. Say hello. It's it's pretty hopping in there, actually. And, you know, check us out on uh, all the platforms. We are now on YouTube. By the time this releases, we will be fully on YouTube. I swear. (laughs) That's not a mystery. I, I like that. I play a lot of, like, sound only stuff from YouTube while I'm driving and I drive a lot. Like uh, one of my favorite things is uh, uh Warcraft lore by Luton. And it's just, you know, it's, it's fairly static screen. So you don't get pulled over for watching TV and you get to listen to the real cool stuff. And there's no podcast on stuff like that. Yeah. Now that I've gotten a YouTube premium subscription yeah. and I can listen to and watch it and download it and not have to deal with commercials. Now that mm-hmm. I have all of that. Oh my God. I I see the value of YouTube. And so I'm putting our whole catalog up as we speak. Yeah. So um, if you want to communicate with us, YouTube is also a great way, but discord is our best. Yep. Uh, We, uh, we actually, Oh, we forgot to do the thingies. I think we have a couple new, new ratings up, but we'd like to thank you for that. And we will call you out specifically on our next episode. (laughs) Yes, we will. I promise. It's a mystery. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. 